G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Some more issues around the controversial nature of what it is to be a biblical Christian in this day and age. We do like to talk about politics on 2020 from a biblical Christian perspective. And for so many Christians, we do try and align ourselves with the party that best fits our Christian values and ethics. So, what happens when none of the available choices fits with our Christian values? What happens when all sides of politics appear to depart from the foundations of what we think of as a biblical morality, biblical foundations for freedom in things like the rule of law and when they're succumbing to worldliness, anti-Christian, even cultural Marxist spirit of the age. Well, occasionally, prominent Christian figures will make a major statement about the values of their chosen political party with a resignation in protest. Well, this has happened. As a prominent conservative legal philosopher and constitutional law professor, has resigned from the Liberal Party. He's concerned about a departure from fundamental freedoms and a movement towards what he calls authoritarian rule that looks more like totalitarian regimes than a free democracy. Yes, we are talking about Australia today. Our special guest through this coming hour, Dr. Augusto Zimmerman, is Professor and Head of Law at Sheridan College in Perth. He's also Adjunct Law Professor at the University of Notre Dame, Australia, the Sydney campus, and President of the Western Australian Legal Theory Association. And I might make a special welcome back to 2020, Dr. Augusto Zimmerman. Welcome. Thank you so much, Anir. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Augusto, I hope this conversation today for listeners becomes almost a heart-to-heart conversation about what you might value in politics. And you've had a long association with the Liberal Party and a lot of Christian listeners to our conversation today will believe that the Liberal Party is the conservative and almost Christian-looking party because we have a Christian Prime Minister. I wonder if we might start our conversation today with some insights around the Liberal Party because there must have been some good things about the Liberal Party when you decided to join it many years ago. Give us some insights here into your feelings here about how things are changing. Indeed, um, I joined the Liberal Party in the early 2000s and I have never desired to be uh, so directly involved in politics. Um, I only joined the Liberal Party because I really wish to help my friends in the party, those who are trying to do the right thing. And there there are still some excellent people in the Liberal Party who, uh, like myself, are getting really frustrated. But they are trying to be salt and light and fight for the protection and preservation of our individual rights and freedoms and the rule of law. Uh, 
I don't know exactly the date that I joined, but uh, it was a request of these friends. And then I became uh, even uh, a relatively uh, important uh, uh, person in the party, becoming uh, the senior vice president of, in one of the divisions here. And um, my idea was to really help and to um, explain as a constitutional lawyer the importance that um, we have uh, of uh, preserving uh, the foundations for constitutional government and the rule of law, including the as I mentioned, the preservation of uh, individual rights and freedoms. Uh, so my whole goal in, in life is to uh, uphold uh, these values because these are va values that we have inherited from our forefathers and that con have undoubtedly contributed to the prosperity of this nation. And it is indeed also the legacy of Robert Menzies, who is the founder, was the founder of the Liberal Party, and he had a preoccupation in the preservation of the rule of law according to biblical principles. This is an important part of our conversation today, and people who are not Christian-oriented wonder about what happens when Christians start saying uh, biblical foundations for uh, rule of law. And I wonder whether early in our conversation we might just uh, clarify that, because uh, it would be from a biblical foundation that we actually get the idea of a rule of law. I wonder whether you've got a, a little insight that can unpack that a little bit, because when we talk about Christians, politics, the Bible, how do these things all fit together, a rule of law an important part of that. Yeah, absolutely, and um, our legal tradition is based on this understanding of the law as being an instrument of liberty, and certainly this is because our uh, uh, common lawyers, the greatest jurists of the common law, were indeed uh, very committed Christians, some of them not only being jurists, but also theologians. I can give the example of Lord Brecton. When he wrote the, his treatise in the 13th century, he made it very clear that the king is under God and the law because the law makes him king. That is the roots of uh, the idea of the rule of law. That is, when the government is subject to a higher law, and it is a law that intrinsically uh, leads to the uh, preservation of fundamental rights. Because these rights are ultimately not given by government, they are inalienable, and that's why the founding fathers called them inalienable, because they are given not by government, but rather uh, they are given by the Creator. And these are the rights to life, liberty, and property. Uh, Justice, um, the first chief justice of this country, Samuel Grift, in one of the earliest decisions of the High Court, made the point very clear that the purpose of having a legal system is to protect individual rights to life, liberty, and property. And the, the right to life is the most important of all, because if you are eliminated via abortion or euthanasia, you cannot use the other rights. So the first and most important right in our legal tradition is the preservation of the right to life. Wow. Okay, life, liberty and property. We'll keep those sorts of things in mind. And uh, as you reflect on foundations in the Liberal Party and those issues around rule of law and individual rights, what you're saying now, Augusto, is the party has moved. And I wonder whether I know that listeners will be saying, how far has the party moved? 
what is the evidence for that movement? And uh, we'll get into what sort of difference COVID has made. But but for you, Augusto, you've got to the point where frustration has boiled over and you've actually tendered your resignation to the Liberal Party because the party has moved. I know listeners will be concerned about how far the party's moved. Yeah, unfortunately, when I joined the party, I assumed that they would be honouring the founder of the party, Robert Menzies, and honouring the classical liberal traditions of this uh, country. That was my assumption. However, things have changed quite remarkably, and governments are now trying to exchange uh, freedom for uh, security. And this can become quite arbitrary. Uh, What I feel is that some of my fellow citizens are now having to endure uh, some terrible situations, including job losses and financial ruin. And I, and I can see the even alcohol and break, alcohol problems, family breakdown, terrible uh, situations. And and um, uh, what really disheartened me as a, a member of the Liberal Party, and then I eventually became also a law reform commissioner, commissioner here in Western Australia, is the lack of love, is the lack, lack of compassion. Uh, to the people of this nation. It seems that the politicians, they feel that they are a special class of citizens above the law even because they create all these laws that are very restrictive of our rights and freedoms. Ultimately, because they have a prejudice against uh, the average citizen of this great nation, they believe that Australians are intrinsically or inherently bigot. Uh, uh, racist and so forth. So they try to regulate every single aspect of our lives. And the accumulation of these laws uh, become then reached to the point that the situation uh, is now unbearable. With so many laws and regulations that um, it's almost impossible to make decisions without the interference of the heavy hand of the government. And this is the authoritarian behavior of the state premiers with the uh, connivance of the prime minister who is financing uh, these measures that are intrinsically or uh, clearly arbitrary and even unconstitutional. Wow. Augusto, coronavirus took everyone by surprise. The governments were completely unprepared. We haven't seen this sort of thing in our lifetime. Uh, The governments clearly did not know how to deal with it. And I know that I can reflect back to a conversation that you and I had uh, last year. And we were talking about some of these things and listeners were absolutely shocked that we would even uh, mention there would be anything that could be untoward in the way that the government was behaving. But uh, is there any room there for uh, any leeway for uh, going easy on the government because coronavirus has been a major surprise and a challenge that no one's faced and there was no rule book uh, in the minds of government to be able to look to. Uh, People were not familiar with these sorts of constitutional issues that somehow or other got thrown out the window really quick. Uh, Is there any sort of room there, leeway around the idea of coronavirus taking us by surprise? Certainly so, and, and undoubtedly we have to always have a concern for the most vulnerable elements of our society. And that's why I referred to laws that uh, undermine the rights of the unborn 
and the elderly. We have in this situation to bear in mind that this virus is particularly dangerous uh, if it's contracted by a person that has either um, predisposition uh, or he, um, he has a sort of a, um, medical condition such as diabetes and, and heart condition or he's um, in a very old age. Uh, we should be doing everything we can to protect lives. And we should do everything we can to protect the lives also of people who run businesses and have jobs. We have to take here a holistic approach. And the holistic approach includes the consideration that we have to be responsible in our, in our approach. And we have to consider that we have a constitution and we have a legal system. And if we do not pay regard to the constitutional framework and to the fundamental rights and freedoms that derive it from this constitution, we are taking a very terrible risk of uh, getting used with measures that are ultimately uh, enforcing prohibitions that are not uh, 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 in, according, in accordance, better saying, with the uh, protection of individual freedom and human dignity. We oh. have to, as I say, have to take the holistic approach, and um, I believe we have to value freedom and also value the necessity of government to provide the necessary, the necessary balance for the protection of these uh, rights in general. I'll remind listeners that our guest today, Augusto Zimmerman, is in fact an expert in constitutional law and uh, law professor, head of law at Sheridan College in Perth. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Once you get over the shock value of a conversation like this today, you might like to contribute our talkback line open 1-800-316-316. A question you can respond to on our Facebook page today. We'll try and reflect some of those views. The question, would you resign your allegiance to a political party if they neglected the rule of law and individual rights? Unpacking these things today with Dr. Augusto Zimmerman, Professor and Head of Law at Sheridan College in Perth. He has resigned a long membership and a prominent position in the Liberal Party in protest against the idea that the Liberals have turned their back or moved away from understandings of what it is to be under a rule of law and individual rights. Augusto, let's talk for a few moments here about if there is a way to rescue where the government is headed right now and whether there's a remedy in in some way or other uh, bringing about an ability to return the freedoms. Is, is this a relevant way to go? What are your thoughts on possibilities, perhaps if we get a little bit positive here on potential solutions? Well, certainly so. And the, the best uh, solution that I can see for the problem is to bear in mind that... Um, the problems that we are having now, uh, as I mentioned before, have to be analyzed and and, um, and and dealt with in a holistic fashion. And it's very important that um, that that the constitution and the rule of law uh, that we have that uh, have served us so well uh, can be preserved. Uh, I have a, a suggestion to make that's very important: is that um, 
we have to understand the idea of uh, choices and freedoms. We have to understand that uh, we have created a system of separation of powers. And the rule of law means that uh, certain decisions have to be always taken, uh, democratically speaking, uh, by the, the parliament and not through uh, emergency powers. Uh, we have the opportunity, opportunity now to reestablish the parliamentary system in a proper fashion and not delegate authority to individuals who are not uh, accountable to the people. Health experts understand only one issue that's about health issues, but we have to understand that this is not just about um, one particular area that has to be addressed, but we have to be addressing this in a way that doesn't affect uh, indirectly other people's lives. And certainly my my concern about this is the, as I mentioned, un, unintended consequences of uh, of traumatic situations and measures that uh, will lead to uh, the loss of jobs and even financial ruin. ruin. Uh, we don't want to have the increase, for instance, of suicides and things like that. So we need to start to be more uh, compassionate, even towards those who have already made lots of sacrifice. We have to be working together and united on this. And certainly as Christians, we have to bow down our knees and be on, in prayer because I believe that the Lord is always in charge and we can have to, uh, this situation as resolved in a way that doesn't uh, undermine uh, our individual rights and freedoms and especially our Constitution. Some of the things you identify, Augusto, that we are lost or uh, that we are uh, moving away from, uh, when you identify the evidence in, and listeners will be able to put themselves in the picture, home confinement, uh, job losses, financial ruin, drug and alcohol problems, family breakdown, and a host of mental and physical illnesses. And uh, we did talk about compassion for those who are most vulnerable to coronavirus. Uh, But these other areas of effect uh, flow on from that. And uh, you're saying that even though a lot of those have been caused by the states uh, with their own decisions and their own crackdown, the Prime Minister has been standing on the side financing the premiers to trample on rights. Now, there's challenging things in all of that. I'll just hold on for a moment. Let's take a call or two. And uh, our listeners into the pro- into the program, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Marguerite in Rockhampton in Queensland. Hi, Marguerite. Welcome along. Hi, how are you both? Good, Marguerite. Um, we, we know that um, the traditional thing in Australia is to have two main parties and we've seen in the past where people try to um, tell the two main parties that they're both not doing the um, right thing as far as the Australian people go. We talk to people as well and we go and they go, oh no, you know, we don't want that, we don't want this. There's no, there's no um, freedom of speech for um, people. Now we've got two parties that are aligning with each other, which is very sad and um, it's a very sad situation for Australia. And they're undermining our ability, our own ability, to make our own decisions. And I can see that they're trying to stand us all in line and say, you do this, you do that, you can't do this and you can't do that. And this is a, obviously, you know, frustrating for you as being a member of the Liberal Party, um, 
my first thought was you stay in the party and you bring out the um, things more broadly, you know, we're, we're hearing it here, but it needs to be put out because there's, there's a lot of people who don't know this and we're being... Marguerite, uh, Jimmy, uh, let's get a thought or two from Augusto, the idea of staying in the Liberal Party, bringing reform from within. Uh, what are your thoughts for Marguerite, Augusto? Well, look, there are some people who uh, have remained in the party, but um, I just feel that uh, we have to be very careful to not end up being used, as Lenny used to call, uh, say, the useful idiots. And I started to feel that I was being used by those who control the party and do not uphold uh, the principles that I I, I, I do uphold. Um, I'm sure that Menzies, uh, Robert Menzies would agree with me because like myself, Menzies was deeply, um, deeply valued, if I can say, uh, freedom and would be appalled to see of uh, what has become the party that, that Menzies uh, created. What uh, I believe it's important is uh, for us to create a new generation of Menzies, of uh, people who will uh, break ranks, because, as you know, Menzies created the Liberal Party, and he thought that the existing parties were not upholding the rule of law properly, and, and uh, there was a need for change. I hope and pray that there will be amazes who will be able to fight for freedom, that who will be able to have a real concern for the people of this nation, and we will uh, want to do the right thing. I don't, li- I don't like the, the um, status quo uh, trying to protect itself by convincing the people, selling people that things cannot change. I believe they can change, but you need to have also the capacity to carry out these changes without being disturbed or interrupted. And I believe that um, my letter of resignation made an impact because I published this in the Spectator and other publications. And it's time for action. It's time for a Christian conservative um, action in this country that can restore the rights and freedoms that we have already lost that were taken away from us as a result of what the political establishment, the cultural elites are doing against us. Marguerite, thank you so much for your call. We're taking calls. You can have your say, 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Uh, Augusto, let's take another call. Not long out from news, need to be quick. Steve is in Parks. Hello, Steve. Yeah, g'day, Brother Neil. G'day, Brother Augusto. Thank you for your courage, Brother Augusto, for standing up for the principles of Christ. The question I have for you, Brother Augusto, do do you believe that Australia should become a godless communist republic under the politics of fear, great divide, and great divide with its brain games and mind games? Uh, Quick answer, Augusto. Uh, Excellent. Uh, Well, of Christians uh, are mistaken if they think that they can lose this uh, uh, world view battle. And Australia will be lost with it. God is sovereign, but he will judge us if you you don't stand up. We have to be bold and courageous and trust in God that with God, then all things are possible. Steve from Parks in New South Wales, thank you so much for your call. About to go to Vision National News. Augusto, we'll take some calls in just a moment, but let me first of all, there's one reflection from a listener who has made a comment on our Facebook post today. 
uh, answering the question, the question that we're asking is, uh, uh, is would you resign your allegiance to a political party if they neglected the rule of law and individual rights? Well, Michael says on Facebook, good question. If the only alternative does the same, we have a dilemma. Only answer is to pray for wisdom, which we should be doing anyhow. Your thoughts on the idea that if you've got both sides of politics going down a similar sort of socialist, cultural Marxist path and doing things that are uh, unconstitutional, uh, there's not many alternatives, is there? Well, look, and another thing uh, that um, is not uh, taken into account is that in the past we had uh, a political party that used to push uh, the Liberal Party back to the right of the political spectrum. But uh, this party has always compromised, uh, equally compromised its um, uh, foundational principles. What happens now is that um, on the left-wing uh, side of the political spectrum, we have a political party called the Greens that um, is um, pushing the pendulum quite further to the left and at the same time uh, turning the Liberal Party into a more left-wing party by the day. So it is not a bad idea that um, to conceive the, the possibility of the creation of a very strong, effective political party that is uh, upholding the rule of law, fighting for the protection of constitutional rights on the political right-wing side of the political spectrum. It's a very important idea that uh, we need to keep the bastards as uh, the Democrats said, uh, uh, correct or right. I don't like this expression. It's terrible because we can be more elegant. But what it means ultimately is that we need to make these politicians to operate not beyond the limits of the legality, but to respect the rule of law. We are taking calls. Your chance to have your say, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Mark is on the line from Wellington in New South Wales. Hello, Mark. Welcome. Oh, hello there. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to call in and say something. Look, I don't listen to the radio much, and um, I just happened to providentially turn it on for a short while. I had an opportunity and was completely delighted to hear such a subject being spoken about. And I'll, I'll say why that is that I'm so delighted is because it doesn't matter how you chuck it up in the air, things only land this way, that God is closing the age and everything that's happening is within that framework. Um, the other thing uh, that comes straight in under that is that regardless of all else, I believe the greatest problem we have in this, in this uh, nation is constitutional. Mm. This nation has a constitution, and there's a constitution behind that constitution, and it's the Bible. When you look back at the uh, discussions and studies that went on before the constitution was, uh, was um, made formal and uh, we uh, became a commonwealth, the Commonwealth of Australia, formally um, as a federal system in 1901 under letters patent by Queen Victoria, which I understand are indissolvable, the Constitution mm -hmm. behind that Constitution, as reflected in the opening words uh, where they pray to Almighty God, is the Bible. The bicameral system was set up so that we wouldn't, um, we'd have the uh, least opportunity of a dictatorship. 
I believe that's mm. been brushed aside with a two-party system. But that uh, no law should ever be put up to the Senate, according to our Constitution, that uh, contravenes the Bible. And this mm. is the basis of the legal problems going on in this country. Mark, really good that. thoughts you're yeah. bringing here. Let's get a response here from Dr. Augusta Zimmerman. Augusta, your thoughts for Mark? Mm. Well, look, I'm so delighted to hear what Mark is saying. Uh, as, I, as you probably know, I have written a book, actually a trilogy, on the Christian foundations of the common law. The first volume is actually on England. And um, until not... Uh, uh, until quite recently, better say, uh, the common lawyers would have to testify to the fact that um, uh, an attack on Christian principles would be the equivalent of an attack on the foundations of the common law. Why is that so? Because all the principles of the common law and the principles of equity are in, undoubtedly, as Mark has mentioned, uh, derived from biblical principles. The idea of um, limited government is very much associated with the understanding of human nature that we can grasp from uh, the reading, especially of the first chapters of Scripture. We know that um, power corrupts. And Lord Acton so famously said that uh, absolute power will corrupt absolutely. So the rule of law is, uh, 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 is derived from the Christian foundations. And the, the traditional function of the rule of law is to limit the power of the state. Uh, Owen Hood Phillips was the leading uh, constitutional lawyer. He was a merits professor of law in England. And he wrote this uh, fantastic book on uh, English constitutional law uh, in the mid 20th century, and he says very clearly that historically uh, the idea of the rule of law was connected with a belief in the existence, existence of a higher law that in this case possessed uh, as a result a higher authority, whether divine or natural, that, than the law that is uh, created by the state. That is because if, that, if we believe in a higher law jurisprudence, we can be assured that the foundations of rights and freedoms cannot be taken away. The government cannot give and cannot take away. That's why we don't bless the name of the state, but rather the name of God. Mark in Wellington, New South Wales, I want to thank you so much for great contribution today on 2020. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Rowan has been waiting patiently. Rowan, welcome along. Yeah, hello. I, I wondered, Doctor, uh-huh. whether whether they would be able to uh, compel us to have the COVID vaccine or whether our employers might be able to compel us to have the COVID vaccine uh, if, we, if we didn't want to by free choice. Good thought and maybe a little bit off topic, but there's certainly a connection here. Augusto, a thought on the vaccines? Yes. Um, the, if the person has the vaccine, and he feels uh, comfortable in having uh, taken the vaccine, in theory, the vaccine will make him or her immune from this virus. I don't understand why this person who has taken the vaccine will then want to to have others taking the vaccine uh, and forcing, uh, using the full force of the state to compel people who have some reservations about uh, about uh, taking such uh, an approach. So uh, the Constitution is very clear that the government cannot impose 
the vaccination on people. But people have the right to take the vaccine according to a basic principle of constitutional law. That is the idea that people are free to make their decisions and not the government imposing decisions on them. Okay, Rowan, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Roger is in Victoria. Hi, Roger. Hi, how are you going? Very well, Roger. What are your thoughts? Hi, Roger. Um, actually, this conversation is terrific. I'm really enjoying that while I'm driving around. The only thing is, I've got two, two points I'd like to say. The first thing is that it's always disappointing when people leave the party, like... Um, we're saying that um, the gentleman's left the party because it no longer stands for what Christianity stands for. And sometimes when people leave, we lose that voice in Parliament. And I think it's really important that somehow we have people in Parliament that actually stand up for the Christian foundation of the nation. Um, and the second thing I just wanted to say was that I think it's a long bow to draw to say that we have a Christian Prime Minister. I look at Scott Morrison and... I really wonder what he actually stands for. But to me, he's almost ushering in the new world order and going along with what you know the rest of the world's doing. So as far as a Christian prime minister, I'm not real sure about that. I'm, I'm happy to be corrected, and I, I don't know where anyone stands with the Lord, as people don't know with me. But you know, I just look and I think, what is going on with our, with our Liberal Party? What is going on with our nation when they're just falling into the... New World Order agenda and just ushering everything in without any sort of um, kickback. I mean, people hated Trump. Uh, Roger, hate let's uh, let's cut in here, and uh, you've made a couple of good right. points there. A thought or two from Augusto. I think Roger is very correct in his approach, especially when he says that there are some people with more perhaps a stomach than me to remain the Liberal Party, and they are doing a great job. I can refer to the likes of Nick Goiran here, an amazing uh, parliamentarian here in Western Australia. We need to support him. We need to support uh, Miho McCoy and Michelle Hoffman, all these people who are trying to make a difference, and they have my full support. And I really admire them for their patience to stay in a party that uh, has really turned its back to uh, the foundational principles of Robert Menzies. And I can talk about also Andrew Hasty, who does a great job. In, in Queensland, we have that lovely lady. What's her name? Um, the senator, um, Samantha, um, Amanda Stoker. Yeah. Uh, these are great people. We need to support them individually. I think it's very important to not be so much concerned about voting liberal labor, but supporting the right people who are willing to stand for what is right and just and to stand for freedom. Uh, but I also believe that there is something better waiting for us than this terribly uh, old-fashioned uh, uh, in terms of uh, progressive ideas that were created in the 60s that are now just uh, becoming more pro prevalent. But there is nothing more reactionary, nothing less uh, 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 seductive than left-wing ideas that were conceived 50 years ago and that have caused so much damage to the fabric of this society. Hey, Roger, thank you so much for your call. Let's take one more and then we'll put a rule under the calls. Uh, let's hear from Brent, who is in Merrigam in Victoria. Hello, Brent. Welcome. Hi. Uh, it's Merrigam. Merrigam. Right. Sorry, Brent. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, well, I think resigning would be a good witness for Jesus before a nation. As Christians, we're not to bow down to what's wrong. And as we don't, 
uh, down will be heard by actions. Uh, good thought. Yeah. Uh, Augusto? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, look, uh, ultimately, I have to say something that can uh, perhaps even offend some people, but uh, I will say regardless, I have a name and I have a reputation to preserve. I'm a, as a, uh, you know and, and the listeners know, I am a constitutional lawyer who have fought my whole life for individual rights and freedoms, especially free speech. The Prime Minister has said many times that he couldn't care less about free speech because it doesn't give a single job, which is not a truthful statement. And he is leading a party that is violating the constitutional uh, framework and order of this country. So I have a name and a reputation to preserve. I cannot in good conscience remain associated with a party that has miserably, I say, betrayed uh, its own father and my fellow Australian citizens. I'm not going to be silent about this because the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. Brent from Merrigum in Victoria, thank you so much for your call. Let's put a line under those calls now and uh, spend our remaining time uh, talking about possibilities uh, for what may uh, occur into the near future. And I'm just reminded that uh, people are talking now in mainstream media, uh, the politics is all getting out there, Augusto, that there is even the possibility of an early election this year, August, September. And here we are, we've got these two major political parties, the Labour Party, the Liberal Party, as you mentioned, there's the Greens, and the Greens drawing not only the Labour Party further left, but also drawing the Conservatives to the left. That's a challenging thing. And there are no real alternatives. And so many listeners will remember that when the Australian Conservatives Party was uh, elevating them, you know, into uh, uh, to electable uh, status under Cory Bernardi, there was like, here is an alternative that we might be able to, uh, to move along to. But uh, there's no uh, Australian Conservatives. It's now an old part of an historical uh, occurrence. Uh, what are your thoughts for the fact that there are no real alternatives right now that you could say are aligned with the sort of things we're talking about as Christians? Uh, yes, this is a, a major problem that um, we need to somehow uh, find a solution for. Uh, certainly the idea... And before I continue, I just need to let you know that uh, we are launching a book here on fundamental rights in the age of COVID. Neil, if you can remind me after what I'm going to say now that uh, I would like to invite all, all the listeners to this important event. But um, going back to the question, um, the word conservative can be misleading. When I, I used to teach constitutional law at Murdoch, my students would never think of me as a conservative. They would think of me as even countercultural, because to be Christian is to be cutting edge in this day and age, is to fight against uh, uh, the current status quo that has turned itself against Christianity. Uh, we are now people who are telling others about um, things that will preserve their freedoms, that will uphold the rule of law. And um, we, have, we have to bear in mind that from time to time, we can't just conserve things. We have to be in the vanguard of good ideas that ultimately are derived from the God of freedom and the God of truth. So I tell you, your listeners, that's not time to be reactionary. It's time to be on the offensive. 
Let's talk political parties some more. Uh, from time to time, I'll hear a glimmer of uh, you know some new group that wants to form a political movement and. And of course, anyone who's been part of those things, anyone who's tried to do a startup for a new party, something that will uh, be able to put a, a stake in the ground and say there's something different that you need to look at policy-wise, a very, very difficult thing to do. Uh, any thoughts from you, Augusto, on what the landscape looks like so far as uh, formation of new parties that might be a uh, a vanguard of these level of truths that we're talking about. Uh, and others would say, well, uh, you know, just get in there and roll your sleeves up, join the Liberal Party, join the Labor Party, be a Christian influence. Any thoughts about what might be on the horizon, given that there could be an election this year? Yes, uh, we have a, a party such as One Nation and uh, other, the Australian Christians. Uh, but um, I still believe that there is a chance to have a, a more uniting block here and with a message that's more powerful than uh, the ones that are currently being conveyed. Uh, there is a person called Brad Douglas. He was the state director of um, of the Conservatives. Phil Cooper is the president of Lions Club and many other uh, important uh, people here who have a concern, a concern and a heart for the people of this nation. They have approached me and they want to create a political party. I will never be a politician, but I support people like them because they are trying to make a difference. They, are, they want to advance the common good. And they have um, uh, already initiated discussions in this regard. And the idea is the creation of a party that will be called Freedom Alliance. And I think it's a good idea, uh, something that I will have to continue uh, my conversations with them, uh, and in order to provide the academic support and mentor those who want to hold the rule of law and protect the rights of the people. If that is my call, I will be able to fulfill the task. I'll never be a politician. I'll never go to parliament. But we have to support those who have the courage to use the parliament as a pulpit for the principles of Christianity that ultimately are connected with the foundations for rights and freedoms in this nation. Well, it's interesting to broach a possibility like that. And I know there'll be many listeners who would be thinking the idea of having academic support, uh, the idea of foundations, according to our Australian constitution, uh, to be a foundation for a future political party, because obviously, uh, given the constitutional foundations you're talking about, Augusto, there would be a Christian foundation that would be in place for a party like that. You mentioned the name of that party, Freedom Alliance, and it's the first time I've heard of that party today, and I don't know how advanced moves are along that line, but uh, certainly we'll Neil, be interested. Uh, yep. The party hasn't been established officially yet. They are going to launch this uh, as a, an official event, and the party then will become uh, well-known. Uh, in the community. And I wish them all the best because uh, there is a desperate need for something of this nature. And before I, I conclude this conversation with you, I just need to invite all the listeners to attend my book launch, the launch of my book called Fund 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 Fundamental Rights in the Age of COVID. Uh, the contributors are the likes of uh, Professor David Flint, Emeritus Professor Gabriel Moynes, 
Professor James Allen is a dream team of the leading academics in this country is speaking truth to power when it's needed. That new book is called Fundamental Rights in the Age of COVID-19 and uh, your publisher, I'm aware, is Connor Court Publishing and uh, for listeners, uh, Googling uh, Augusto Zimmerman, Fundamental Rights in the Age of COVID-19, you'll be able to find where you can get a hold of that book uh, or go to the Connor Court Publishing website. They'll be uh, available there too. The event that's coming up, the launch, when is that happening, Augusto? Look, uh, it is um, on the 25th of um, of uh, February. You can find the information on the website of Walter, www.walter.net.au. I promise this will be a signed copy, not only by me, but uh, I'll have four contribute, contributors, four academics will be uh, speaking during this event. And perhaps this is a wake-up wake call. And, and I hope that this will be a turning point in the history of this nation because the contributors are not normal people. They are the leading legal academics of this nation. All right, 25th of February, the launch of Fundamental at Rights Sheridan. in the Age of COVID-19 at Sheridan College in Perth in WA and uh, no doubt for listeners uh, in other states and territories around Australia, you'll be able to get a hold of that book online and uh, no doubt there'll be all sorts of things that will become publicised around the idea of that launch and especially with some of those uh, contributors to the book, a very, very important one. Uh, get the details from walter.net.au, W-A-L-T-A, the West Australian Legal Theory Association website, walta.net.au. Dr. Augusto Zimmerman, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. A great privilege to talk to you and God bless all your listeners. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.